I've started and stopped this podcast so many times because even though it was just a few short weeks ago and looking back, it's really hard for me to put these words to it. And yet I can't deny that starting in about September of last year, I started slowly slipping into this depression. And before I knew it, I was in one of the deepest depressive holes that I had been in, in definitely recent memory, if not my entire life. Maybe I've gotten that low one other time. And the worst part was in the past times that I had slipped down into that hole, I knew how to get myself out of it. There were certain things that I knew I could do when I was feeling this certain way. It's like, okay, let's do this, 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 and that. And then that's kind of our, our climb out. Right. And I started doing those things and they weren't working. And it was one of the worst feelings ever because I started to feel hopeless and I started to feel like, well, this is just how it is. And I really, when I'm in those moments, when I can't like articulate how I'm feeling, I really relate to music. And one of the lyrics that kept coming into my head was by the Pixies. And it was, where is my mind? Because I felt like someone had just hijacked the space in between my ears. And I didn't know, I didn't recognize the voice. I didn't recognize the thoughts. And I just, I felt miserable and I felt ashamed and disgusted because the thoughts that were going on in my mind were just so terrible. And I got to a point and this was where this was really my turning point for me. Like when I finally went to go ask for help was I started thinking about my death more than I was my life. And I started thinking and almost wishing like I just this, where is my mind? I just want to break from this fucking hellhole in between my ears that I just want to go. Like I don't <laughs> meditating's not shutting it off. Going on drives is not shutting it off. Like I just want to break from this thing. And I've never wished to be dead. I've never wanted to be dead. Like I've always been someone who loves life and who enjoys life and etc. And yet it was just like, I just want to break from my mind. And the only thing that I'm seeing that in as of this point was death. And so I started fantasizing about like, what would it like to be like to not have this thing just yelling and talking and blah at me all day long? And the one thing that I knew is it wasn't always like this. That saying like, wherever you go, there you are. And, you know, at the end of the day, who you are by yourself is like what matters because that's all you really have in this life is you. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't always like this. I didn't always hate being with myself. And so I started asking like, okay, we've tried this. I started asking myself, okay, we've tried this. We've tried that. Like, what else can we do? Like, what else can help? Because I wasn't going to go on SSRIs. I wasn't going to go on any other kind of medication because I'm, it's just not me. And so I started thinking like, what else do you know that works that you could go get that could help you that would also be aligned with what you want to do? Because for me going on SSRIs and stuff like that, I don't, I know everyone's on their own path. I really believe that. And whatever tool you need to get you to that next level, by all means, go do it. That just wasn't for me. And it was so misaligned with my values that 
I felt like even if the medication would have quote unquote worked, it would have made it worse for me because just the idea of taking something like that, just nope, not for this girl. What was aligned, what I felt like was aligned for me was microdosing psilocybin and mushrooms, magic mushrooms. And I had that idea probably three or four weeks before I actually like reached out to get help and to get access because I kept like telling myself like, oh, you're going to, there was this little voice in my head was like, oh, you're going to take a pill to get better. Like, even if it wasn't medication, there was still this like, oh, are you going to have a quick fix? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And I felt like shame around that too. Like there was a part of me that like, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't doing it right. If I couldn't meditate my way out of it, if I couldn't run my way out of it, if I couldn't exercise my way out of it, if I couldn't eat my way out of it, like there was something wrong with me if I needed more help than what was quote unquote, like readily available. And one of my favorite podcasts is the Dr. John Deloney show. And he says like, you are worth being well, you deserve to be well. And every time I would negate myself about reaching out to getting help and um, to microdose mushrooms, I kept hearing his voice. And not that I'm not saying I think John Deloney would. I I don't think he's a psychedelic guy at all. It was just this concept that I was worth being well. I was worth getting help. And now it's almost wild to me that I waited so long. I believe that it came in when it needed to come in and yet with how much better I feel in just a few short weeks. It is wild to me that that I waited as long as I did. And yet here we are, (laughs) here we are all is well. And so what I wanted to talk about today, because I've been on this journey, because I have been microdosing is what they, um, they say, or what my coach has been helping me with is we have, you have a, you can take a ceremony. So like I've, my ceremony experiences are with MDMA. So if you haven't go back and listen to my MDMA episodes, they're the most popular and downloaded episodes. So I highly recommend I, there's three MDMA, three MDMA episodes. So there's the, it's like my coffee chat where I'm just talking to you like I am right now. And then there's one where I read my first MDMA trip report and one where I read my second MDMA trip report. And those are probably my two favorite podcast I episodes I've ever recorded. So if you haven't listened to those little plug there, go listen to those. And so those are my experiences, right? Like you take the MDMA and these subconscious beliefs start coming to the surface. And so with the microdosing, instead of sitting down in one like four or six hour session, they're slowly releasing over time. So what the kind of theme for me has been is the day that I, so I microdose every three days. And so what the first day typically is for me, that's my release day. Like when I'm actually taking the mushrooms and having a release, that's when like subconscious beliefs are starting to come to the surface. And then the second day and the the second day is like the afterglow, like, Oh, I feel amazing. And then the third day it, I've been feeling the first um, week or two that I microdosed, I would feel like not so great on the third day. Like I was wanting, (laughs) I was wanting to microdose like every two days instead of every three days. And now that I've been a few weeks into it, I'm feeling today's my third day and I'm, I'm feeling great. 
And um, so anyway, I had on my last microdosing day, I had a really big release day. And what came up to the surface is, will they still love me if they know the full truth? And I think us little humanoids like to put things that aren't black and white into black and white boxes. We have something that's gray purple and we're like, well, is it more black or is it more white? It's like, well, it's actually neither. And yet we try to categorize it. And then by doing that, we're making ourselves like stay in this cycle and it's not getting better. Like the cycle that I was in and part of that shame. And another thing that John Deloney, the Dr. John Deloney, Deloney show, John Deloney, whatever. One of the things that he said, and for someone who like, I'm pretty much willing to try anything. There's certain things I definitely have parameters on. And yet in a certain circumstance, I'm like, eh, if I actually thought that would make me better, I would try it. I overlooked the most obvious and simple and arguably the most effective thing when it comes to bettering yourself and it's people, it's friends, family, community, whatever you want to call it. And Dr. John always says, you can't do this alone. You have to have people, you have to have someone you call and they're going to answer and they're going to help you or a group of guy friends or girlfriends that you meet up with once a month and you guys check in on each other, whatever that looks like. I always overlook that piece. I was like, determined in this weird messed up way to be the lone ranger. And I think so many of us are because I honestly think we're conditioned through our movies. Like this one person saves the day. And in a way, like we are the heroes of our own journey. We are the heroes of our own life. Like there is a little bit of a lone ranger thing that comes with that. There's a loneliness to the human experience that none of us can escape. We come in here alone. We go out alone. It's a, it's a, the thing about being human. And yet we try to do too much alone. We don't want to admit our deepest, darkest secrets and our biggest shames. And looking back into the last few months of my life, that was very much a theme. I didn't pick up the phone and call anybody. I didn't tell anybody like, um, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about dying more than I am about living right now. Can you help me? Never would have admitted any of those things out loud. Why? I, back to the shame conversation, I guess. And yet now like talking to people has been some of the most like therapeutic things for me or people, you know, looking at me and saying, dude, me too. And I knew that and we overlook it. And I think part of it comes back to that black and white box. Well, I'm feeling pretty green today, so I can't go in black and I can't go in white. So I'm just not going to tell anybody that I'm green today. And it's so sad. Like when we really, really think about it, when I think about that, this belief underneath the surface was, will they still love me if they know the truth? Okay, well, we're just not going to talk about it. And then you sit down with someone and you have a conversation with them and like, they tell you your truth and you tell them your truth. And it's like, oh, hey, like, I still really respect you. I still think you're cool. Like, it's not a big deal. We're humans. And not only are we humans, but Hey, that happened like 10 years ago. Does it really have like, I'm sure it has something to do with you now, but it's not who you are. You know, one of the most beautiful things I heard was a, um, I cannot pronounce her NAS, her last name. It's like a D K 
has a something she founded working against gravity, which is a macro website, a macro you could go work with coach, uh, coach count your macros. And she said like, people don't love you for one version of you. Like they love you for the totality of you, who you are as a whole. And yet we so often try to cut parts of ourselves off as if they don't exist. They're I'm only like, I'm only of the light. I'm only like, oh, that person's only of the dark. Well, no. And if you're putting other people into those boxes, you're putting yourself into that box. Because the one thing I don't think we realize is our subconscious mind doesn't know if we're talking about ourselves or another person. So when we are saying things about other people, our subconscious mind is like putting that on us. It's like, oh, well, you're you're talking. (laughs) Like that's all the subconscious mind understands. It's like, oh, you're talking. So you must be talking about me. You could be talking about another person. So when we say things like, oh, that person's just a mean person, that person's just a bad person. In the subconscious eyes, you're talking about yourself. And putting yourself into that box and that cycle just keeps continuing of I'm not getting better. I'm not helping myself. And now I don't even think that I'm worthy of help and love. And Tony Robbins says that underneath every fear is a fear of not being enough. And if you're not enough, then you won't be loved. And that's that cycle. Will they still love me if they know the truth? That's the fear. And the truth is that's the best thing you could be is the truth. And it took me a long time and I'm still like uncovering layers of this. I think the best thing you could ever be is a living embodiment of the truth as you know it. It might not be the best. It might always be the prettiest. And yet the truth will always set, will always set you free And if you just pause and think about it, like, is there anything more beautiful than being free, like freely yourself? I don't think so. And the people that I know that live in a lie, they're definitely not free. I think they've locked themselves in an internal hell. And even just a simple thing, like I was talking to someone the other day, they couldn't make it to something. And instead of saying, you know, Hey, I can't make it. I'm just, I'm running out of time and whatever. They made up a lie. And it's like, I can tell that's bothering you. Like you just put another bar on your cage and you don't even realize it. And so many of us are walking around with these bars on the cages of things that are just, it's a mind fuck. It's a mind war. And we're doing it to ourselves. Like we're taking ourselves to battle every day and it's the wildest freaking thing. And if my wish could be like anything for you today, if you're in that state that I was in, go get help. Even if it's just a simple, like you pick up the phone and you call somebody or send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. I, I always put my contact information in the show notes, whatever it is, just go say, Hey, I'm not doing very well. I don't know what the next step is. I just need you to hear me out. Or I kind of want to do this. Will you support me? I need to get out of this situation. This is how I need support. Like there's so many little things. It doesn't have to, I don't think it has to be a grandiose thing. Like I think if I would have just picked up the phone or sent out a text and said, Hey, I'm actually not doing really well. I don't really know how to get out of this. This is where we're at. I think that would have been a step one. And 
maybe if that even feels like too much in this moment, say a prayer. And I was having a conversation with someone who didn't grow up going to church and didn't know how to pray. And to me, a prayer is just vocal letters to God. So however, and write a letter if you want to. So dear God, I'm not doing good. I want help. Can you please send it to me? And then just see what happens. And you are worthy of being well. You're worthy of getting better. And as someone who just crawled out of like one of the deepest depressions I've ever been in and seeing how much better I feel now. And I sent my coach a message and I was like, I feel alive again. Thank you. And I can't believe how much better in a short amount of time I got as well. And I think everyone's experience is is different. And I'm not saying go out and find magic mushrooms because especially with the fentanyl problem in the United States, like be very slow to (laughs) accept things from people you may or may not know. Um, And I'm not recommending doing anything. I think I have to say that without talking to your doctor or licensed therapist or I hope that we live in a time when I can say, instead of saying like, please consult your doctor or licensed therapist. I hope that we live in a time soon where I can say, consult your inner guidance system. You know, the right thing. (laughs) That is my hope for the world. So, and my hope for you today, like I said, if you need help, go get it. You're worthy of being well. That is all I got for today. I think I finally wrapped up a podcast. I've been attempting to record this podcast for four days straight. I think I've spent at least two hours each night trying to record and I don't care to admit that. Except, like I said, it was really hard for me to say out loud, like I've been depressed and I'm just coming out of this depression. And yet when I went to go start this podcast back up, because it's been in my mad season, as we would call it, I've my create my creativity has just been on so many levels and it was really hard for me to say out loud. So I wanted to like come back and talk about this. Um, I did a let's talk about it episode a couple episodes back and I really wanted to pick back up with that series of the let's talk about it episodes. And I wanted to kick back off with um, perceptions like perceptions. Let's talk about it. And then I even tried to do like depression. Let's talk about it. And just nothing was feeling right. And um, as Tom Cruise would say, he's not good until his 26th take. So not sure if we're on take 26, but we are on day four and here we are at the end. So Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Western Hippie Podcast. Willard and I will catch you later.